You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. You are listening to Hippily Shorts. Thank you so much for your patronage. Hey guys, welcome to episode 200. I'd love to say we got something special planned, but we don't. 200. We are the MIB. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The end of that. So I'm sure after yesterday's escapade, you guys could uh, probably wish we didn't do an episode today, but we did. So, well, these are short ones. Yeah, so... Shorter. It's kind of cool that the first two episodes this week have been 13 minutes and like 16 minutes. So, you've gotten 30, 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes out of the first two episodes. Not too bad. I'm trying to give you your money's worth. All right. So, these are... Uh, like, the next couple of episodes are going to be two stories each. And they're very small stories. But they're also, like, just from individuals that claim they had a situation they're not really the true men in black sightings in all cases but it's people who've who've kind of fit in the category if that makes sense so i'll start with this one there was an anonymous man who related a tale of strange experience he had while he was sightseeing in washington dc so without even realizing that there really wasn't anything of interest for a civilian to do or see he wandered into the state department building kind of meandered through a little bit, looked through the lobby for a while, and security eventually noticed that, hey, he's not supposed to be here. They were suspicious of him. So they headed over to kind of usher him out of the building. However, before they could do so, he saw something that he said he would never forget. He said the elevator door opened. Five men got out. Two of them were very businesslike and wore gray suits and were very formal, but hardly remarkable beyond that. What drew his attention were the other three men that was in the elevator with him. These men wore black hats, pulled low over their eyes, long black trench coats, even though it was the middle of the summertime. The appearance seemed so strange that he said he could only describe it as cartoonish. Okay, didn't the security guard have a problem with that? Seeing people wear those big, long... No, because they were in the, the building... The State Department building, so I imagine they worked there. So as they were walking by, one of the strange men lost his footing on the marble floor and fell to the ground. <laughs> of course, you would have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped his uh, briefcase in the process. Now, upon helping him up, he noticed that the man's legs seemed extraordinarily weak, and it felt like there was a thick layer of wool underneath his suit. So this guy was actually close enough to when these people fell, he was the one that actually helped the guy out. Maybe it's just real hairy. <laughs> well, I think he meant that it was felt, well, you know, yeah, I guess so. It could be real hairy, but <laughs> I guess he was just talking about the feel of it. Yeah. He said, the stranger's expression never appeared to change at all, even though he fell on the hard mar- marble floor, his facial expression never changed. He said near the uh, the briefcase where he dropped, he found a small coin with the words written in no language that he could identify. 
One side had a man with features like a wolf, and the other had navigational lines and two crescent moons. Oh, what? So that was the coin that he found Oh, uh, when it fell. So he he has no clue where this coin was, or what this coin was. But Yeah. So that's the first little story on this one. This one's a little small one. In most stories, the men in black are malevolent, intimidating entities who only appear briefly after someone sees something they're not supposed to see. But that's not always the case. In one account, a woman claims that when she was a child, her engineer father was regularly visited by a man in black who went simply by the name Lev. This man was completely bald, which she noted was very odd during her time. When she went to shake his hand, the skin was impossibly smooth, as if he had no hair whatsoever on his body. The man constantly wore his trademark dark suit, glasses, and hat even on scorching summer days. He was known for hanging around several engineers in the area, and her father always visited him in a little house near the local supermarket. The woman who tells the story says she is sure her father knew Lev was an alien, although she never figured out what they talked about during their meetings. Mmm. How fun. Does seem fun. So, that's my two stories for tonight. Very nice. So, do you think that it's possible that at this time, which probably was in the 60s or something, that you could have aliens... That just associated with it. And these were all engineers, so that would make sense mechanically and stuff like that. Mm, that yeah. They could have been sharing information. Yeah. I do believe that. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. It's been fun. And uh, this was a little bit shorter than the last two days. And we will talk tomorrow. Listening to Hilpity Shorts. Thank you so much for your patronage. Hey guys, welcome back. Episode 201. 201. More Men in Black stories. We're almost done, folks. With the MLBs. <laughs> the MLBs. All right, well, this is about a postal worker from Washington, D.C. He was out delivering mail one day when he decided to stop and eat an apple. Good for him. That's healthy. That's just, I know. That's just odd, though. I think I'll just stop and eat an apple. You know, that's just, he just was the right time to do it, so he did it. <laughs> when he was finished, he looked around for a trash can. And guess what? He didn't find it. So he decided to toss it into the ground. A uh, litter bug. I don't dig it. But anyway, before he could leave the area, a security guard approached and lectured him for his negle- negligence explaining that the entire building and surrounding grounds were under constant surveillance. The postal worker thought about this for a little bit, along with the fact that he had already had to be buzzed in to deliver his mail, he began thinking that there was more to this place than met the eye. Later on, he was out on his usual delivery run when he came by for boating building again. 
This time, he saw three men walking toward the building. Except they didn't appear to be like men. They waddled when they walked instead of putting one foot in front of the other, and they were so very thin. And it was the thinness more than anything that made him scared. I know a bunch of guys that waddle, but they're not usually thin. Yeah, I know. Like me. I didn't say that. (laughs) Though shaken, he decided to soldier on and march his way up to the door to deliver the mail. When he got there, he found a group of men who began questioning him about what he had seen moments earlier. He was flabbergasted and unable to respond until one of the strange beings who he had seen earlier stood up beside him, at which point he felt even more terrified. After more grilling by the men in the room and after repeating that he had seen nothing at all, he was allowed to leave. His mail route was changed shortly after. So here he was ready to give this guy like the Congressional Medal of Honor because he was eating an apple and then he's a litter bug, first of all. Yeah, You know, I I mean, I don't know. I think food and things like that might be okay because the birds could pick at it, the squirrels could eat it or whatever. I don't like a litter bug. I hate it. you still got the core of the apple. You do still have the core, so, you know... You just got to watch that stuff. Then you get ants all over your apple that's laying there, and it just becomes this whole thing. Then the animals can't eat it or lick it because it's got ants all over it. The animals don't care if it's got ants on it. Well, how that's gross. <laughs> don't they know? But I tell you, I, I don't know about these stories. This one I have a hard time believing because, yeah. first of all, you know, how are you going to question something? You're out in public. Mm-hmm. So you got these two aliens that waddle in, and then they're going to question this guy about what he saw. Mm-hmm. They're out in public. Do they think people aren't going to see it? Yeah, yeah. So I think that was a farce. Yeah, so I don't know. I had a hard time believing that one. So yeah. you got a second story. Okay. Well, this is a one about a man who is known only as Larry. Fair enough. Okay. Larry claims that one night he was drifting off to sleep when he was contacted by a strange presence who communicated with him telepathically. The weird present explained that he was not from this earth, but beyond that, he gave no reason for contacting Larry. Somewhat skeptical, Larry asked the presence to provide some proof of his existence (laughs) beyond simply sending thoughts into his head. He wanted to have a face-to-face meeting with this, whatever it was. The presence agreed to provide him with further proof. He would show up during the day when Larry was with his best friend. Larry wasn't sure what to make of the entire thing. The next day, and while he continued on with life as usual, he obsessed about the dream for months afterwards. Eventually, he caught up with his buddy at an Independence Day celebration at a nearby park. As Larry was talking with his friend, a black van pulled up nearby and two black-clad men got out. Two more similar-dressed men exited the van after them, but they did not appear to be entirely human in shape. The strange men sat down at a nearby picnic table, looked over at Larry, and said, Hey, Larry, how's it hanging? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
and then re-entered their van and just left mysteriously. Larry never found out why they had tried to contact him. So, I guess that was a tease. Yeah. I guess they'd see if, uh, I don't know, maybe they weren't into Larry. I have a feeling they weren't because they kind of brushed him off kind of quick. Yeah, but they made it a point to show up just to tell him, show him proof that they were there. Yeah, true. And see, I have I that's have a cop out. I think I have an easier time believing that story mm-hmm. than the other one, just because of the fact that there there wasn't anything major in it. It's so simple that it yeah. almost seems like it would have to be true. I know, but if I was sorry, I'd be peed. <laughs> I'd be peed off. Like, what do you mean? You're not going to, like, anal probe me? You're not going to beam me up, Scotty? Nothing? You're just going to say, hey, and then leave. To me, that's rude. That's just my thoughts about it. So You're not going to beam me up, Scotty. No. Because that's Star Trek. It's, well, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, it's getting late. As you can tell by the giddiness. Yeah. And we've got two more shows, so lucky you. Oh, of this? Yeah. Of the MIB? Well, no, we got one more of the MIB. Okay. But the one tomorrow actually involves Loch Ness. So now we're starting to get away from... What's that heifer been doing? Just hanging out in the lake again? <laughs> heifer. <laughs> That's kidding. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, if you like what you just heard... We do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode and then a story that's just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.